everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This podcast, in case you were wondering, is sponsored by a 13 cent can of LaCroix and by Offer Economics' complete failure to invest in FTX, for which it is very, very grateful. This podcast follows the ordinary stories of entrepreneurs in the financial industry who broke their false beliefs, built companies, lost everything, and yet found the motivation to persevere in their stillest hour. Today, we welcome to the program Jamie Stout, uh, the double co-founder of Revenue Tree and the Financial Marketing Summit. Jamie. How's it going? How's it going? LaCroix, you can sponsor me as well. I uh, I put you in a fancier glass. Oh, there you go. No on the rocks, just you like that straight. No on the rocks. I just go straight. All right. Okay. So Jamie, if we start from the beginning, which I'm not really sure where that is for you, uh, but if you take us back, yeah, 10, 10 years, 15 years, whatever it is, when did you first get into trading, investing, and then let's start there and then we can keep going to where you're at today. So I fell into the financial industry, the financial publishing, trader education industry, completely by happenstance. Mm -hmm. I... (laughs) Grew up in a super small town, graduated with like 70 people in my graduating class, just to like put that in perspective. In the middle of West Virginia, like the okay. mountains, Appalachia. West- yeah. Okay. Yeah. Am I allowed yeah. To I'm talking questions on this interview. Is that well, any questions well, are allowed on this interview? Is that any is that- questions are allowed? Okay. okay. But Maybe I can also <laughs> <laughs> curse words are too, though. Okay. Only if curse words are. No. So so naturally I graduated at like $70, $80 cash. and was like, I'm moving to New York city. <laughs> that's what everybody does. Right. Right. When they're from uh, Virginia. Exactly. And, and you turn 18, you're like, yep. all right, I'm out. So yep. I moved to New York to, and I went to Pace university, which is an amazing business school, private. I had absolutely no business being there. I even got in, to be honest, like kind of on a scam. Like if I'm, like, like not scam. I won't say scam. Scam's heavy. I'll say not entirely honest. Like I played volleyball and okay. I intentionally only sent my recruitment videos <laughs> to that <laughs> school. And I only took the SATs once because it just wasn't a thing for us. Okay. Like yeah. in our high, like nobody was going out of state. Like I was saying, I had no guidance, zero. So took the SATs once, not studying. I I don't even know what my score is, but I'm sure it was not good enough to get in the school. Like I know that now after actually going to the school, go to the school. And I realized like I, for whatever reason, decided to join a sorority for whatever reason, make girlfriends, you know, sure. Um, all it was an an Italian sorority. I'm not Italian. I was the only person, the only girl in the entire sorority that is known for entire sorority. Okay. So like, okay, so that's interesting. Ended up in this school that I'm like, okay, this is a great school, you know, fine. Did great for a couple of semesters. And I quickly realized, wait a second, like this kind of isn't for me because I have a whole lot of street smarts, but I really like the level of education that I received. And I'm talking like just straight up book, right? Like the amount of math classes that I had never heard of that were like very, supposed to be very easy in college. Okay, quickly realized this isn't for me, but I'm pretty smart, strategic. So I'm going to have to work my way out of this. (laughs) 
<laughs> this one because I got myself to New York. Now what am I going to do? Because I'm not going to be able to like, like I just wasn't, school wasn't for me. So. Did you drop out? So they, I joined the Entrepreneur Society and okay. they sent me to Orlando for some convention, entrepreneur convention. And okay. I met some really cool folks. Like at that time, I feel like it was, it was like Wozniak, like those, those levels. Right. So they were all wearing t-shirts, jeans, and sneakers. Mm -hmm. And most of them hadn't graduated college. So I immediately went back and dropped out, took my $43,000. Thank you. Pace university tuition yep. and was yep. like, well, now yep. what? Well, I want to start my own business and that much I knew right after, you know, going yeah. to this, to this convention and speaking to somebody like Wozniak, like, of course, you're going to walk away just like, okay, I need to make my own, you know, impact on the world. Uh, I don't want to work for someone else. And so I went back, <laughs> dropped out, had my money and was like, well, well, okay. What do I do now? Now, where do I get the idea? You know? Yeah. And I was like, well, I have to do something to feed myself <laughs> So, so, so while you... I'm figuring out the idea. So I applied for a job in the financial publishing industry only because it was telecommute. Oh, wow. So I didn't even know what it was. Like it was like an affiliate manager for a financial trader education company, right? I didn't know what an affiliate manager, I was literally Googling it as I was calling, trying to like apply for this job. And I was reading off of Google what they did. I just BS the entire thing. And for whatever reason, they hired me and I was like, great. Okay, so now, <laughs> so now I have a job. And just so happened to be that the, you know, multiple companies that I've started ended up, you know, being in the FinPub industry, which is where I started completely by happenstance. It was not on purpose. So this was no, you like you went into this, there was no vision. There was no, no idea. This was sheer desperation. Like I cannot. Absolute desperation. That's like sometimes, yeah. you know, you have to like, you make something work and I made it work and it worked really well. And I realized I was really good at it. But, but at but the this, end of the day, it's not what I sought out to do. No. Yeah. But this motivation, and this is what's interesting to me, right? Because you see people start companies. What, what kept you, like, what was that base motivator that kept you going? Some people vision, some people, it's like, I just have to feed myself. Like, what was it for mm -hmm. you? Was it independence? Was it like- It was I absolute independence, freedom. Yep. Like, I, as soon as I got the first tape, because let's be honest, the, the FinPub industry, I mean, controls 90% of the retail traders in the entire world. I mean, mm -hmm. they have them on their email list, right? So when you have that kind of power, you are legitimately, you know, you're like the biggest hedge fund. You're the biggest like VC. You're the biggest like, you yeah. know, whatever that is. Like you are, you yeah, hold that you have power. all the attention. You yep. have all the attention. You have all the power. Yep. You you can point that power wherever you want. Yep. The ability to cap raise there is insane. So it doesn't matter yep. like what my my vision long term was. Realizing that the ability to cap raise in this industry and to make friends and to network with the people and to build an ecosystem of people that control yeah you know the retail trader environment and ecosystem and the the millions of lists and whatever yeah that's power so when i saw that i was like okay if, yeah if you have no other you know if you have no no better idea you stick right. with the one that is working and yeah you go with power idea. and exactly. independence those are a couple good options right mm -hmm. now freedom. No, freedom right yeah. um 
Now, raising money for small cap, you know, this idea, did you, were you thinking about this way back in the day or this, this evolved, right? Cause that's a question I've got for you later on. It started as I have no idea what I want to do with my life, but I know yeah. I'm going to have to raise capital and yeah. this is a good industry to do it in to completely forgetting about it Yeah. for like a decade or yeah. seven years to, because, you know, we started the financial marketing summit, started revenue tree, didn't need a cap raise yeah. for either of those. And then, you know, the past few years, the larger financial world's really paid attention, I feel, to the FinPub and trader education and, you know, industry mm -hmm mostly because they do hold the power of the retail trader in their yep. hands yep. and you know the the larger like institutional financial world is recognizing that now mm -hmm. um so i really completely forgot about it <laughs> until recently but i yeah. didn't need it right like like the you know i've i've bootstrapped every company i've started up till now yeah. um so again and like even that was all for naught because i didn't <laughs> i didn't have to be in this industry because i didn't really even need what I thought I needed, but yeah. Right. Well, this is the life of the entrepreneur, right? That circuitous it route. Is. And then every like five years, I feel like we're changing. The challenge, if anything, is yep. just to stay steady. But while we're on this question, right, we'll get into revenue tree. We'll go through the evolution of your story a little bit more. But since we touched on it, talk to me about the intersection between media and finance. Now, this is a right. really interesting, I think, game shifting sort of idea, right? GameStop, crypto, Robin Hood. A lot of people look at those and say, well, the biggest issue here is that people just wanted to make money really fast, right? But is it actually that there's this democratization of finance that's happening and we mm -hmm. actually want to take control of our own financial destiny? Can you talk to me mm -hmm. a little bit about what you've seen over the past couple of years? I think the, I mean, for the first, again, I started, I mean, in this industry, got it at least a decade ago, 10, 12 years ago. And at that time, it was known that our demographic was retired, white, wealthy, college-educated, conservative, right? Yeah. yeah. I feel the political, environmental, mm -hmm. economical situations changed in which the past, you know, four or five years, that demographic has shifted a little bit. And you're always going to have that. Right. Like that, that, yeah. you know, retired, white, rich, sure. well-educated guy. Right. However, now you have like the Robin Hoods that have these stories. And even if that's completely unrealistic. Right. Those are still great stories. And those oh. stories resonate with the 19, 20, 20 something, 30, early 30s. Yeah. And they see crypto and they see like the meta universe and they see NFTs that is only a different avenue for, I mean, it, it's just a different avenue for investing, right? It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. It's just like for, for them, they're, they see it as a legacy. I think it's like, this is a legacy. Like, yeah, it's cool. It's also cool. Right. I want Gary V's, sure. you know, NFT so I can have access to his restaurant or whatever else. Right. right? right, right, right. However, they also see it as a long-term play because I, I think that the youth today is so far ahead of where we were. Yeah. And I know you're younger than me. I'm not even going to age myself, but I know that you're younger. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say, they're like, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Like when I came in the industry, it was definitely an older, you know, established guy's game. Man, you know, it was a man's game, not a woman. Yeah. Now it's anybody's game. Anybody can make a great investment. 
anybody can, you know, you could be on the other side of the world and make money playing video games online right now. Yep. How insane is that? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't work. I mean, I still had dial up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it was like, can I, I, I'm trying to download a picture of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and it's just like deep, deep, deep. And then your parents walk in your room like crap. Now I have to restart yeah. it again. Yeah. You restart yeah. it. Dial up, you know, they yeah. don't have that. They're playing video games and they have exactly an entire world. Yeah. Like we should probably be investing yeah. in, in, that, world. in yeah. that world. Like, like I should be buying real estate for my kids in yeah. the meta universe right now. Yeah. So guys, if you're, if you're listening along um, and you're a financial educator, you're someone who's a little bit newer to the industry, or even if you're a bit more established, right? You have a company million dollars beyond. I want you to, to really consider this point. Um, economic narratives are really going to be the key if you want to sell more products. So what I see, and um, Jamie and I have actually worked a little bit on a project with this. Uh, what I see too often is you're selling a trading strategy, you're selling an indicator, you're selling um, you know, some hard strategy. What you need to sell is an idea. People buy into ideas. And that's why you need to find that idea, open their minds, blow their minds, and then the vacuum that that creates is where your trading course, where whatever you sell is going to enter. And if you don't get those two right, you're going to hamstring a bunch of your sales. Absolutely. So, yeah. So even as you see this progression, take a look at the economic landscape, figure out where you fit in. Think about that idea that makes you different and that stands out and kind of like opens people's minds, then sell your product. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's the best copywriters <laughs> are the people that can take 20 steps back look at what's going on in the world yep. and then make that important to every person that reads that email exactly and make it impactful and make like what they're delivering something that's going to change their life for the better exactly exactly at the end of the day that's it like everything else is i mean that's great glad you have a great product but if nobody can understand your copy or your idea or your story or it doesn't you know yep takes yep. people using it reading yep. it no, that's it. That's it. Exactly. So let's rewind again. So now we're back to your personal journey. Um, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, like. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're we're inching towards revenue tree. We're not quite yeah. there yet. So you're working with all the old white men. Um, you're loving. <laughs> you. say that. See, we can't. They're loving you. I so love that... y'all. By the way, just like that was totally. Paul said old white men. I didn't put <laughs> old and white men together. He did that. Of course not. Of course not. So, um, yeah, so you're, you're working in this industry. Um, yeah. when did you start in the industry, by the way? I think it was 2007. Okay. 2007. So, yep. Making your way. And then revenue tree started how many years ago? Is that, that, I mean, that's just getting so, a now, right? Yeah. So the financial marketing summit started first and that was really just out of necessity. Again, we, I mean, there's difference between the financial publishing industry and the trader educator industry, right? Yep. those two worlds had not uh, really collided. They hadn't met, they hadn't, you know, had a whole lot of like joint ventures. They didn't do much affiliate work. Like they really didn't know each other. And between that and the, the media companies, right? Like the, the Darwin's, the lead marks, the, you know, whatever, nobody was really connecting all of the different facets of the financial world. And so that, I mean, honestly, that was the entire idea is like, Hey, it would be really great if everybody was together. So that's why we started Financial Marketing Summit, and that was a decade ago. That really kind of provided a platform for me to, number one, establish myself, right? 
as a younger, <laughs> younger uh, person in the, the fin pub industry, right. as well as like a woman, right? At that time, there weren't really very many women that were in the finance industry, especially in like the fin pub, like digital marketing, you know, room. And then past that, you know, that went on for, I mean, it's, we just had our last FMS in June. Um, so it's going strong, it's grown every single year. A couple of years ago, I thought, you know, it'd be really great to add a an affiliate network to this. Um, and so luckily I had already connected with the, um, the owner of a really great, um, what's it called? Loyal companies, here we go. So, so I'm on the board of Loyal Companies, which is like an amazing PE firm. Um, they invest pretty heavily in like MarTech, FinTech, AdTech companies. And I made that connection. I wasn't on the board quite yet, um, but I knew the owner or the guy who is essentially like the managing operator, right? Yeah. So I called him and I was like, hey, look, you have all these great companies under Loyal Companies, like you have an, an insane network. What are you doing with it? Do you have, you know, any sort of affiliate network? Like, and the best thing I come up with was like, like a ClickBank, like a JVZoo, like a, you know, whatever. Um, but my idea was let's do that, but let's do it specifically for finance. Right. Because it just, there's just different criteria that you need to meet different compliance. Like it's just different. You yeah. are not going to find a really great, you know, financial publisher or trader educator put their products on the other networks only because of the compliance factor. Like the FTC, SEC is looking. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so you have yeah. to be super compliant. You can't have affiliates that are rogue by any you know stretch of imagination. Um, and so that was my idea. And I pitched it to him and for whatever reason, he bought it. And two years later, um, yeah, we were like, okay, well, let's proof of concept. Let's all, you know, you put in $1,500, I'll put in $1,500. And then I'll see if I can make it work. And then, you know, it worked. That was your only bucks. startup? Three thousand total. Damn. Hey, That's great. I told you I bootstrap. Bootstrap. I bootstrap like no other. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so at this point we're like multi six figures in the green. A couple years later, and it's really only because like, you know, it's it's honing in on the what do they say? The riches are in the niches. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Yep. It's just yep. honing in on on that the the financial angle. Um, it's not even an angle. It's just, you know, there are different needs, wants, and having the, you know, having financial marketing summit, having that ecosystem of publishers, of traders, of bloggers, of the best media buyers in the industry, the best affiliates in the industry. You yeah. know, I had all that already established with FMS. So I just took that and provide them, you know, with another tool to use, another platform to use. Mm -hmm. And so it's essentially, you know, where Revenue Tree came from. And this platform, right, you're taking people and you're, what are you doing with them? You're connecting them together, right? So that they can, they can cross promote or that like, what, what are they getting? What's that? If I come to you and I'm like, right. cause I do, I have, you know, several, <laughs> several people that I work for, um, right. you know, and they come to you and they're like, well, we want traffic. We want to do JVs. What, what do they come to you for? So we have multiple services as far as like, you know, things we can go above and beyond and make sure that we deliver hand to mouth kind of, you know kind of thing but as far as just general like your basic revenue tree user if you have a, a financial offer you apply to be on the network you upload your offer and affiliates can apply to promote it and it's absolutely free got it 
the only charges 5% commission goes to revenue tree. That's it. And so essentially you're only paying us when you make a sale and the best, well, I don't say the best part. The best part is that we have an insane financial network, you know, of affiliates and, and marketers and, and media buyers. Um, but past that, I would say the fact that we handle paying all the affiliates, we handle everything for you. So you pay us, we handle the relationships with the affiliates. We make sure that they have their copy, their tracking links. We, you know, take care, hold their hand, take care of their every want, need, answer their 3 a.m. phone calls when they can't get something to work. Yeah. You know, yeah, that whole game, I'm sure you're aware. Yeah, <laughs> you it's not a fun is. game. It's not a fun game to play. I try yeah. to avoid it when possible. But Yeah, for whatever reason, I love it. So, okay. okay. <laughs> Throw That's me in the trenches. Great. I mean, I did. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah. I don't want wrinkles, so Outsource I'm going to have to get out of it eventually. Yeah. yeah. No, that, <laughs> I figure well. That, that makes sense. And then, so this is where you're at now. And then where, like, where are you going with this? Do you, are you looking to add other layers or levels? You're just trying to focus on this and grow it out? <clears throat> no, we're absolutely adding. So we, I actually just spent six months with the dev team um, rebuilding all of Revenue Tree. We spent way more than $3,000 this time. That was proof of concept, uh, which is smart. I think that, that yeah. was a, that was a good decision. Yep. Um, but then we really heavily invested in Dev, make sure that we you know built up a platform that can last, that can hold the data, that can be super secure. So you know it's not just a you know a random WordPress site anymore. We're relaunching that uh, in a week or so, and we're adding a ton of services and capabilities for all of our users. So. You know, for example, the the entire reason why I'm even on this podcast is because we've been able to get Offer Economics, right, as, you know, kind of offering their services of being able to do um, the conversion audits. And that's huge for us because a lot of folks are really great at putting together products. They're not so great at the marketing a lot of times, right? Like you're either, like you're one or the other. And a lot of the small to mid-sized companies can't afford the best marketers. Yep. So that's where you kind of come in where, you know, you provide um, a lot of the intelligence and, you know, really help them hone in and optimize their marketing funnels and their landing pages and, you know, et cetera, sales pages, offers, price points, et cetera, et cetera. That's insanely important because at the end of the day, affiliates will promote what converts. Of course, right. And they, they look at you and they say, well, here's traffic over here, yeah. right? And there's this conflating thought between traffic and automatic sales. Yeah. Right? Which oh is my not God, the yes. case. <laughs> right, right. So people like, where always, are my billion sales? It's like you don't, your, your product doesn't is, convert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So we step in the middle of that and we're, we're, we bridge product, company, and traffic. Yeah. And we, you know, conversions are in the center. And, um, but no, I think you have like the great thing about being a connector is you can bring everybody together in the ecosystem, right? And then also right. too, like you don't have to be the one that knows everything, which no one can do anyway. Nobody right? does. Right. So you need good teams anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah. Pretty got- much, that's it. That's it. I've always said like, mm-hmm. especially when you host events, for whatever reason, people think that everybody that speaks on stage is just giving knowledge that you already have if you're the host. That's impossible. Yeah. I don't claim to know everything, but I will absolutely be able to find the best people that do know whatever it is you need to know. And it just so happens to be that you are really, really great 
at making, you know, especially in the financial world, like getting funnels converting. Yeah. And so, you know, bringing you guys on um, as a service with Revenue Tree and kind of arbitraging that is, I mean, that's priceless because otherwise, you know, everybody's losing out on money. Exactly. Right. And then at the end of the day. Okay. So tell me like all these affiliates come to you. You have this huge affiliate network. What makes a good affiliate launch? I'm sure you've done a few of those. And isn't it true mm -hmm. that you're the one who brought Mark Zuckerberg in front of Congress way back in the day? <laughs> I mean, yes and no. I plead um, the fifth. I plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Okay. I know okay. I did. Yeah. There was something about Zuck as well as Waz, but you know, that's a story for another day. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I mean, or we could get into it now. I mean, I think that'd kind of be interesting for now. Uh, it's a whole so lot of me, you know, out kicking my coverage and then realizing it and then having to, to figure it out. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's another story. However, I will answer your question about what makes a good affiliate launch. Um, so if we're talking, I think I still hold, I think I'm still the reigning champ for affiliate launches. Okay. Uh, yep. in the thin pub space, I think the Tikatori launch was like 28 mil in six weeks or so. Okay. Um, about there, maybe 30. Okay. I feel like Fernando right. maybe says 30, 35, but either way. Yeah. You could have done better, but we'll accept I mean, I could have. <sighs> Hater. See, that's the thing that would motivate you. What, so why are you, It does that? though. That's, it does. So it why, does. why are you so competitive? Like you're competitive. Why am I competitive? Yeah, why, why are you competitive? Like what, what, like why do you born that way? Yeah, I can't you, help it. Like you're, you're, you're in bed, right? You, it's early in the morning. You're about to roll out of bed and get to your desk. Why do you, why do you do that? Why? I want to make an impact. Okay. But like monetary impact, like impact. No, for in other people's kids. lives. And to do that, you have to be <laughs> the best version of you every single day. Yeah. And if you're not that you saw yourself, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like you have to be the best version of yourself to be able to make the impact that you can, I think in life, right. For other people. Absolutely. And so when I wake up, it's it, generally speaking, as sad as it is, it's generally not like, Hey, I need to do this for me. It's like, yeah, I need to do it for me, but also I want to be the best version of me because I know that best version of me then goes on to the world and helps other people. Yeah. And that's it. Like, yeah. Now, when you, when you consider like a pie of motivation, right. And we're saying that that's one of the reasons in the pie of motivation. What what percentage also comes from anxiety, fear, <laughs> performance, <laughs> right? Because most now you're most, just <laughs> cutting me deep. Because <laughs> you know this, this is the truth, right? Because most yeah. people. So that was are, all bullshit. And yeah, the real... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's that. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna push that to the side. No, no, that's true. Make an impact, number one. I'll I'll, I'll put that there. You're like, However, it's just altruism. I just want to help. Is. I just, just want to help people. No, just... but you're only as good as, you're only a saint until somebody tells you you are. It's a DeMello yeah. quote. And that's 100% true. Like, doesn't you can do all the good in the world, but as soon as somebody says that you've, you know, done well or you're whatever, you've helped them, Yeah. then you got that chip on your shoulder like, okay, yeah. you know. So yeah. you're right. Then it's all, you know, it's all for me at the end of the day um yeah yeah i don't know i don't you're right you're right you're well, not wrong. it's like i mean it, i think it can be for for other people it's just uh, like i look at my motivations and i'm like yeah it's for other people it's also for myself and just some days like there's the it goes back to the desperation of why you started right some days i'm just like well 
I am so tied up. My identity is so tied up in being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. that I'm like, what would happen if you had to go work a job? <laughs> you know, you know, and it's like terrible. And, and sometimes that thought like gets me out of it bed. It is. That's number one. Yes. Like, would I do it? Yeah. 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 But would I work every second that I wasn't nine to five at yeah. getting out of it? Absolutely. Yeah. But I also think I'm, you know, I'm super ADD. So like you try to put me, do I think that I'm intelligent and capable? hundred percent. You yeah. try to put me in a box and, you know, in a cubicle and make me productive. It's probably, you're probably not going to get, I'm going to get fired pretty quick because yeah. I'm either trying to take over or like, you know, telling somebody they don't know what they're doing or I'm just not going to be there. <laughs> so, so like you only have so many options, right? Like if you've, if you've been, I, the last time I held a job, I wasn't even old enough to buy myself a drink no, I, that I actually I, had a job that I had an I employer. I know I, I'm the same way. I had a job with a paper company right after high school, took like a gap year, worked in a 10 person office. I think I made $8 an hour yep. and I just was looking around at the world and I was like, I, I, I can start a landscaping business, which I would enjoy Mm -hmm. And I could make plenty of money, like, and then I could hire people and I could be my, and I'm like, why am I like, why am I here? You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I just don't feel like, I mean, it takes all types at yeah. the end of the day. Right. That's but true. I'm not the type. I'm not that type. I'm That's not. true. Because we do pay for it. Yeah. We do pay for it on the other side. You and take some people like it. Yeah. Some people love it. Right. They like the security. They like knowing how much they're going to make. They, they like, like knowing that their taxes are paid. You yeah. know, <laughs> like yeah. every it month, is terrifying. It is you know, terrifying. they like that. So, yeah. you know, I all for those people, they like having two weeks of vacation. I like somebody not, you know, not having somebody tell me when I can do anything yeah. and I haven't had it for so long. If I were to need to now, could I do it? Absolutely. Would I yeah. really fight tooth and nail to get out? Absolutely. So, I yeah. mean, at the end of the day, freedom again is still my answer. Yeah. It's just being able to provide the freedom to myself and a family to travel the world, live your life, like have experiences, right? Cause at the end of the day, it's all about experiences. If you don't have the freedom of time and the freedom of thought, yeah, yeah, then you're, you have a lot of work to do, right? Yeah. Cause those are two things like time. Yeah. Go to your kids games, go, you know, if you need a personal day, take a personal day, you're only answering to yourself. That's priceless. Number one right. for your mental health Two. Right just being able to like provide for your family oh, the huge. experiences that yep. the world offers. Yeah. And yep. if you're working a nine to five, it's really hard to take kids around the world. It's true. That's you true. know? So I, de I mean, that's it. That's it. It's the freedom. It's definitely a push pull. There's lots of the freedoms huge, I think. And then there's lots of these other issues. Um, but rewinding yeah. again, as we got distracted, <laughs> so affiliate, the affiliate queen, Jamie Stout, um, holds the, the world record. Um, but what, right. Yeah. <laughs> Walk me through this. So the anatomy of a good affiliate launch, affiliate launch seen a few right. of them. what does it, what does it look like? You kind of touched on one, the, a big point earlier when you were like the big idea, right? Cause you can have an amazing product, amazing, amazingly converting funnel even, yeah. but the big idea that can get a lot of people behind it, that is going to make the, you know, that's, that's like the blockbuster, yeah. you know, when you have a big idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like when crypto was first, you know, a, a, a new deal, the big launches around crypto, 
um, that actually like, you know, if you attended a webinar, you got Bitcoin and you got your wallet set up and all that, like that's huge. That was, that was big then. Um, so I mean, but that's few and far between, right? Aside from that, those are blockbusters, one in a million, just having number one, a great product. Number two, low refunds, right? You don't want a product that is just low quality. Yeah. As silly as that sounds like it's It's important. Yeah. It's basic. It's basically like, you have low refunds, right? Uh, and then really great marketing, really great marketing. Just test your funnels before you get affiliates are not guinea pigs. Yeah. They're not (laughs) as much as you want them to be. They're not there to test your marketing. That should already be tested prior to you asking these other people to spend their marketing budget. Yeah. On promoting your offer, you should know that it converts first. Yeah. So, so guys, big thing. if you're a financial educator, don't come to Jamie and use her as your guinea pig. She will not accept you. She will not be <laughs> happy. <is> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't talk like this prior to 30 years old, I think. I think it's... it's, it's, it's well, it's just because we all, we all just get a little older and we just care less. And it's like yeah. we realize that that's the real world. It and is. it's like, oh, actually, I don't want to deal with someone anyway if I can just offend you that easily. Yeah, right? and I, you know, I, I just, I'm nobody wants to promote crap products. At the end of the day, like, doesn't matter how much money you can make, if somebody's using their life savings buying something and you feel crappy about it, you don't want that. Yeah, it's got to be good. It's got to be a good product. Got to be a great funnel. You know, don't yeah. have people waste their time. Test that crap. Yeah, and you, you can't, know, talk to Paul. <laughs> you can't build a yeah, you can't build a long term <laughs> business on that no. anyway. Right. And, but again, and this is the evolution of everything, right? Because in the beginning you had the internet and it was like mm-hmm. Craigslist and it was like the guy from Nigeria, right? It was like scamming your mother. My right? uncle. Right. You're not even on him back yet. Wait, your, your uncle was scammed by a Nigerian prince or no? Oh no. I have a lot of uncle Nigerian princes. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Well, they <laughs> are have uh, like trust funds set up for me, you know, trust funds. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Well, when at least I, you're fine if this business yeah. goes under. If, you know. if, if all these businesses just like tank, yeah, it's fine. I'll just email them back. Nigerian Prince. My AOL email. Your AOL email. But yeah, so, right. So you have the evolution of the internet. And in the beginning, this is what happens. You have all these scam products that are out there. It's kind of this new technology. You're seeing that now with crypto, right? Bitcoin. A lot of these scams that are that are you know coming out and the market has to kind of sort through them. Regulators can't keep up. No one can keep up, honestly, right? But this mm-hmm. is the evolution of technology. And I think you've seen this also in the financial space as well. You know, a lot of people, you know, 2000s before and then, you know, uh, even up to years, a few years ago and now where there's a quick buck to be made, right? And you can, you can, you can paint a story, you can scam someone into something, but I think the future is a lot brighter actually for the financial industry. What it means to me is taking control of your own destiny, right? It's the reason we're both entrepreneurs. And so I should not go to a financial advisor, right? Who I'm going to pay some cut or percentage of, and who's going to throw me into an index fund, right? That's Mm like 40% into bonds, right? Mm -hmm. What I should be able to do is say, Hey, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go after and find these investors, these personalities. I'm going to, I am going to do my own due diligence and I'm going to follow. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's this big change. But I think you look at the industry and it can get a bad rap, which it should, um, when it's doing poorly. Um, but that's the, ev- that's the maturity, right? People forget the first iPhone came out in 2007, right? <laughs> right. The internet. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like we didn't start filming things on our iPhones. Like, like you had a, Jamie, were you one of these people? I had a flip phone. I had a razor. Oh, you have a razor? I had a razor oh, as well. Um, I could text like, not even look. 
Oh yeah. That button three times. Did you have a Blackberry after that? No, I was never, do I look like a Blackberry person? What well, did you go straight razor to iPhone? Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. I'm old school. I had a, yeah, I had a Blackberry for a little while. I blended in with all I mean, the old white men who were rich. Blackberry is old school. It's very yeah. Old. See, you tried it. You went, <laughs> you went for a walk on the. I did. Side. I didn't like the park. Though. The Blackberry Wilds. <laughs> no, yeah, it was awful. It's awful. And no, I mean you're not wrong. And I, I, the thing is, is you can see the evolution in the marketing. Yep. But it's also like we were talking earlier. It's political. It's economical. It's like environmental. Yep. You know, it's like what's going on in the world right now. It's a bigger picture. Yep. And the bigger picture is that folks our age and younger than us are getting involved in and, and interested yep. in where their money goes, the companies they're supporting. Think about all the companies that, you know, like back in, like I would never have thought, let me quit buying this product when I yep. was like a young 20s. I wouldn't have thought 100%. that because I don't stand behind what the designer, you know, the t-shirt they wore or whatever, you know, the saying those, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, but the saying yeah. those on their t-shirt, like Kanye, <laughs> just saying. Um, I wouldn't have thought of that. I wouldn't have known. You're going to get all political on me. No, <laughs> I'm just saying I wouldn't have known. Like I wouldn't have known to to do anything. Whether I loved it or hate it, I wouldn't have known to support it or not because I, it wouldn't have been in front of my face. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have Instagram. Now, anytime anything happens, doesn't matter if it's even in the fashion world, in the celebrity world, that then dictates where money goes. Yep. At the end of the day, that dictates what companies get supported, what companies get capital, what companies like their stocks go up, their stocks go down, you know, like look at Adidas. Yep. Yep. A great example of that. Right. And that had to do with somebody's person. It, it is a personality. Yeah. Or a yep. t-shirt. And that made stocks move. How yep. insane is that? That wouldn't have happened yep. when you and I were 22. Yeah. And so yeah, now well, it matters. It matters. Yeah. And like people see that and the folks like our age and younger, they care about their money. They care about where their money goes. They care about what companies are supporting. They don't want to wait till they're 60 to retire. Yeah. They yeah. see people getting rich off of Bitcoin and NFTs yeah. making silly pictures of gorillas, you know, and selling them for tens of thousands of dollars. Like, yeah, that's real world now. That's that's life. For these yeah. folks, like they don't have to to spend forty thousand yeah. dollars for a private school and then drop out like I did. <laughs> they, <laughs> they could just not go at all. <laughs> they, exactly. they, you know what I mean? Like they can make money playing video games now. Absolutely, making Absolutely. YouTube videos. Absolutely, and and it it is a like it is a great world to enter because it's like Gary Vee always says, right? Much rather have somebody make eighty two thousand dollars a year doing something mm -hmm. they love that's on YouTube 100%. or anywhere else, right? Then then make more than that and be tied down to something they absolutely hate right 100 yeah i would rather i mean oh. would you oh i think let me, but... let me turn the tables paul sanders okay talk let me, me turn the tables on you talk to me so what about you um, what, what what is your on which your why what's your why like, why do you business? do what you do as far as entrepreneurship why don't you have a nine to five why are yeah. you in this industry so i think it it started out i think it started out when i was 15 where I, I was just like, I was mowing lawns, I was doing work for the neighbors. And I looked around, I think it was like the average amount that was made post college, I think that was the stat that got me and it was something like, 
I don't know what it was at the time, $55,000 or something. And I was like, I am going to go through four years of school. I'm going to be in debt. And because my parents were, you know, were poor, we, we all grew up poor. We didn't have a lot of money. And then, it, so I'm going to take this whole burden on myself. And then I'm going to do that to make $55,000 a year. I think that was the very base sort of guttural, you know, like gut thought, right? It wasn't Absolutely. even more complicated than that. It wasn't even vision at that point. It was sheer just desperation. And mm -hmm. I think it was because we were poor. I was like, if there's one thing I'm going to figure out, it's how to make money. It's that, also you have nothing to lose. Well, I, I have $55,000 and four years in debt yeah. to lose, you know, like, like, so. But you have no, like where you started your base. It's not like you're a Kennedy, you know what I mean? And every, every move you make is. Yeah. Is money yeah, free reign. Yeah. Like, like people would have expected you. They wouldn't have thought much of you if you worked at Dairy Queen or Walmart your entire life. Exactly. And because you did more than that. Yeah. There you go. Like, but otherwise you have nothing to lose. That's for me. It was like, everybody would have said it's, you know, it would be completely understandable if she works at like Dairy Queen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. They wouldn't have thought twice about it. Yeah. So at that point, I have nothing to lose anyway. Like I was just like, let's just go all out because yeah. at the end of the day, like the alternative yeah. doesn't look good. And I'm, I'm not really a cubicle person. So, yeah. I mean, I'd do it if I had to, but yeah, yeah kind of like you. Like, did you, did you ever have those days? Like when you were, I don't know how young you were when you started like thinking through this process, but I would have days where I would be like mowing some, some neighbor's grass and I could visualize myself in the place that I am now. Like I can, I could, I, I would be making like no money, like $15 an hour. Like it was amazing to make $30 an hour. You know, it was like, it was amazing. And, and I would visualize myself, it'd be a hot summer day. And I'd be out there like mowing this little lawnmower, the little, like, um, you know, self-propelled front, front wheel drive. Not that you do any of that, Jamie, but anyway, so I, I, was, I, I was, so I was, so I was, you know, I'm doing this and in my mind, I'm just like, I, I, I can do so much more than this. Yeah. And you could see yourself five years in the future. You I just felt it. Like it wasn't even like, a, I didn't even envision it. It was just like, if this all there is to life, then yeah. I've took a wrong turn. Yeah. yeah. So the only alternative is that there's a lot more waiting. Yeah. And as long as I put myself out there. Right. You'll you know, be fine. like take the chance. Yeah. If I could tell anybody anything, take the chance. Like go, yeah. do it. Say, they, be a yes man for a while. Yeah. Just yeah. say yes and take every opportunity because yeah. they're all scary. Life is scary. Exactly. Working exactly. in a cubicle is scary. Exactly. Having a salary, that's scary. That's you have a ceiling of how much you can make in a year. That's scary. You could be cut from that. I mean, look at the layoffs that are happening now. Yeah. Look at Twitter. I know. I know. You could get on Elon Musk's wrong side. Yeah. The email he sent out today was like, by the way, you're working overtime. You so great. Like, I love, I like, love yes. Elon Musk. I love I mean, him. Like, I love him. Like, I love when, when they're like, but hey, uh, there was know, a button he, there. He, well, no, I, I thought it was pretty funny when he supplies Ukraine with the, what was it called? The Starlink. Yeah, the Starlink. Starlink. And then he's like, actually, guys, this is kind of costing a lot. <laughs> so I, I like, he doesn't want to be that guy, but he's like, I really need to say something. Yeah, yeah. Can I just Feels float awkward. it out there and see what happens? He floats it immediately. Right. Gets completely like creamed by everybody yeah. on the internet. And he's like, never mind. Yeah, Guess never I'll mind. just pay it. Yeah, yeah. It's I guess like, I'll right, just pay it billion, forever. What is it, a billion dollars? Never just, mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, shut up, 
people yeah, to shut. Yeah. He was literally paying people to shut up. <laughs> Leave I, me alone. I it. He'll just be on Twitter personally replying to people. Just being like, people will be like, no, like we never, there's this one thing about, he's like trying to reform lunches or whatever because it was costing way too much at Twitter. And someone writes in and it's like, we never got anything for lunch. You're not spending anything. He's like, and he'll just be like false. He's like, there are more people working in the kitchen than there are at lunch. I can so relate to a lot of the, that he sends out though. Like, like some of it, granted it's not politically correct or remotely like professional at all however however yeah i want to send an email out that is like hey guys guess what i just took over the company i don't know what the f i'm doing yeah. but i'm going to try a lot of things because i have a lot of ideas some of it isn't going to work some of it is yep. what yep. doesn't work we're going to drop what does work we'll keep doing like exactly that's <laughs> logic However, as a CEO, for me, I don't know. How do you feel about, would you send out that email? I don't, I don't know if I, I feel like I would, <laughs> but yeah. my it's team gotta, is a lot smaller than Twitter's. Yeah. It's so. gotta be done in a really tactful way. It's kind of expected, yeah. I think from him, cause he's trying to set some sort of expectation. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think it depends on the trust level that you have, you know, with, with someone, you know, where you can say, Hey, Doesn't like set it though. Don't you think that that you sets say it? Yeah, if you just say it, like, because do people not appreciate? I guess this is this is me, like, not having without a, this filter? is why I don't have a filter. Is right. like I don't understand. Yeah. I can't like perceive yeah. what this might seem like to other people because to me yeah. it seems like somebody just being blatantly honest. Yeah, well, it's also why you have no friends, Jamie. So. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, we weren't talking about we're... that on <laughs> the recording. Yeah. So, that um, was the best joke ever. Yeah, I have no filter. Yeah, you also have no friends. <laughs> Yeah, well, your, your three friends will show up and watch the podcast, but that's about it. Well, so I can't tell them. They rely on me to feed traction. them. They are my children, so yeah, there is that. They live exactly. with me. No, yeah. I think no, no. I totally agree with you. Cur the currency of today is authenticity. You yep. look at Donald Trump. Why did he get as far as that's he did? It it's all authenticity. People are like, the man's real. He's got no filter. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like why should why should he be beat up for stuff like that? I've said stuff like that, right? And right. it's like and, and it's like, well, there's a double standard here. And yep. I think that's that's what people appreciate about Elon. And I think that's what if you can be confident enough. And unfortunately, this only comes, I feel like, after time and you got some money behind you and you can lose contracts and it's that's not a big it. deal, right? And unfortunately, that's when we start to be honest when it should be the flip. But but yeah, if you you know you're honest now, and that's the best way to be, and and that's the most credible because people are like she really does or he really doesn't care, you know. Right. Uh, but right. in a good way, in an authentic way. All my employees, I will say this: like, <clears throat> it's when you go. I, I mean, you probably know this, but you go from being an entrepreneur, bootstrapping. You're your own employee, an employer, right? Goes from that to first step: you hire contractors then you finally bring in full-time employees when you really yep. build a team it's a lot of pressure oh yeah personally to me payroll. exactly yeah. i'm looking at like their family so many kids they have they have a mortgage they have car payments they have everything right so at the end of the day i need to make good decisions and i need to have like their best interests in mind yeah yep. and reverse they're out in the field Right. Like these people are talking to all the financial publishers They're talking to the trader educators to talk to the marketers to talk about like to the affiliates to see what it is the affiliates want, what kind of products they want, what price points are looking at promoting, what price points are working right now, yeah. like what type of offers are working right now. Like they my employees are out there yeah. hunting down the top affiliates, you know, 
looking at the highest converting offers, like where, you know, what publishers are spending money getting their offers out right now? Like, what does that funnel look like? What they're doing different than everybody else? Like they are in the, the storm and I'm just sitting here, you know, undercover. So of course I, I want to be as honest with them as I can, because I want them to be as honest with me. I want them to come back and give me honest feedback because that's the only way we can move and pivot and move quickly and without the red tape, without like, I, I want no red tape around me. Just be honest. Just tell me straight up what is needed and let's just get it done at the end of the day. Right. Like radical. Yeah. It's radical candor. That's what it it is or kind candor, something something like like that. I like that. Well, I stole it. That's Gary Vee's term, Um, but steal everything. Fuck you, Gary Vee. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but honestly, that's it is you have to, uh, I've even been working with some contractors and recently had a conversation with one of them and he just was afraid to tell me the truth about his situation, about the work situation. And I was like, I was like, you can't, like, I'm not going to be upset. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no, there's no room to be upset here, right. right? There's only room to solve the problem. That's the only place like, like, so don't, you know, just come to me with, with everything and anything. And yeah. when we have to go back and forth. And I think for us, we have to be really, really proactive. That's the mm-hmm. thing you have to go to them because you almost have to pull it out of them, you know, and to be like, do you feel safe, feel safe mm-hmm. because I'm not, if you give me a wrong answer here what we're going to do is you're not going to automatically just go into the chopping block, right? We're going right. to, we, we've got 18 steps to try to fix this. The only time somebody it doesn't work is if you have this massive pattern of behavior where it's like, I can't work with you, you know, mm-hmm. like if they, if someone like, you know, delays showing up for a meeting, for example, or always pushes a podcast. <laughs> I knew you were going to, you know, gonna... just general painful. unreliable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wasn't just hung over from the CMAs. I also had the flu. Yeah. yeah. The hangover was day one. <laughs> After yeah. that, it was just the flu. No, no, you're flu. totally right. Like I, here's what I say. Like even prior to hiring anyone, I pretty much lay it out. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a manager that's going to hover over your shoulder. I won't do it. Yeah. I need you to be able to do your job really well because that's what I'm hiring you to do. Yeah. But I'm also not going to step on your toes and I'm not going to tell you when to work. I'm not going to yeah. tell you how to do your job. Yeah. What's that's your, the trade, <laughs> you know, yeah, when you're, when you're initially looking for someone to work with or slash to hire, what are some of the real small t- teensy tiny red flags that pop up that you see where you're like, ah, the haircut person. that you have right now. <laughs> okay. Is it too, a little too, little too clean cut? I'm kidding. Oh. I just had to think of something. Because yeah, you're, yeah. you're making too many jokes. Back yeah. on me. No, the red flags is like inability to just let down your guard. Because at the end of the day, oh, we're all working on a team. Like, like if I see that they're like, the you know, fronts. super, super, you know, exactly. Like, I don't, like, I, I probably wouldn't hire someone that would get hired in the best marketing agencies in London right now. Yeah. Because I want someone that will sit with me at midnight figure out numbers when we're in the trenches in the middle of an affiliate launch and, and people were depending on us. Like that's a person I want, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I will, I will reward that person. Yeah. Yeah. As I should, because yeah. the person that's wearing a, a suit. Yeah. 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 For a, an interview on zoom. Yeah. Fit somewhere, but like, yeah. look at you and look at me, you know, I'm going, uh, you yeah, know like what I, I mean? Saw, like, yeah, I'm I have leopard print on. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. 
But this is the, th yeah, no, that's exactly it. Because if you don't know where they really stand, you don't know, A, if you can trust them and B, like yeah. where they're going to be down the road. Right? Show you me who you are. Right. Right. Like right. the real, you know, are you like, are you really ready to work? Yeah. You know, because exactly. I like I 1000%, like all of my employees, I'm like, anything you need, any training, any whatever it is to do your job the best, you come and let me know and I will get that for you. Yeah. But also don't expect me to train you because I hired you to do your job. Yeah. I don't know how to do your job. If I knew how to do your job, I would be doing it and I'm going to fire yeah. you. Right? So, so yeah, that's, exactly. especially tech, anything tech, I'm just like, right. dear baby Outsource. Jesus, just know yeah. what you're doing. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. let me know if you need training, I'll pay for that. But otherwise no, but it's just personality, you know, same thing with like, so for example, I just hired a new affiliate manager. There is a personality that can be an affiliate manager, and there are plenty of personalities that can. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's understanding what people want, regardless of what they're saying, like what they really need, right? What they're really upset about. Yeah. A lot of times it's not about what they're saying. It's like you have to read in between the lines and really be able to hold hands um, and not in a bad way, just really take care of people, right? Oh, yeah. Um, answer the phone if they call you at two o'clock in the morning, because guess what? These people have just booked out, you know, an entire week of their, you know, dedicated email calendar for Absolutely. something that you asked them to promote. You need to answer the phone if they're calling because it's tens of thousands of dollars yep. that they just put on the line for you, mm -hmm. for your words. So, so yeah, like when it comes to an affiliate manager, like somebody who is understanding, patient, kind, loving, you know, can the the best friend yep. the best friend to everybody because you kind of have to have the best like I, I i mean i would say that's why i have had a great run in industry as a you know top affiliate manager i would say that but you don't like me so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well there's there's but always like, a little up until for, you for, though yeah. I had a great track record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You always up need a little it. little bit of room for improvement, Jamie. You never yeah. want to be at the top, otherwise you're not growing. You know, I can provide yeah. a little speed bump for you. You did. Um, you have. You're it's a it, I mean it's a crater, but it's fine. It's a crater. It's a crater. So um Jamie, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Um a couple other questions before we wrap up. Um, I just want to read something that you sent to me. Um, two hours before daylight, all the Indian horses were saddled at their doors. <laughs> they put all of their young children on horseback tied to the saddles. Then what do you do in your free time? What, what is this? I read Oregon trail journal entries, man. <laughs> what do you do in your free time? Well, I don't do that. I'll tell you that. Um, no, that's so, incredible. Hey, these people were entrepreneurs. They were the original entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Were they not? No, I agree. Sitting out going across the unknown yep. had no idea what to expect yep. they could have stayed east coast you know again like working their nine to five they yep. could have just yep. just been happy and settled but no children in england for a while yep children yeah. in the house of lords no they took yep. all the risk it's the risk risk takers that that i find i resonate with yep. and it's because every day you and i we don't have an employer sending us a check no safety net no safety yep. net you're yep. out on your own and i've always kind of been out on my own so i don't know i resonate also it's just kind of really cool what do you do in your <laughs> spare time do you play nf or what's it called madden madden no, no, no. <laughs> what's it like called stereotypical guy yeah 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 
No, I'm much more, um, I honestly like all my recent spare time has been business. Um, but what oh, I like to do, overachiever. yeah, 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 overachiever. But no, what I like to do in my free time is um, a lot of things that, that involve um, beauty. So there's Longwood Gardens, which is really close to, to Philadelphia. I find that really relaxing and restful. Sometimes I'll even just go to work there and you just walk around, you can take a call, things like that. Um, concerts, awesome. music, um, that to me is kind of the other side of this. Like, I, I don't believe I'm even a business owner, entrepreneur. Like, I believe I'm an artist at a basic level. Like, yeah, we're just, absolutely. We, You're creative. Where we like to create things. That's all we're yep. doing, you know? Same. I'm strategically and, creative. I yep. strategically create assets. Yep. That's it. That's my, if I were to, if I don't even have a business card because I don't know what to put on it at this, at this point. Like, I have no yeah. idea. Like, what do you put? Waste management? I'm not sure. Right. 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 But if I were to put anything, right. strategic asset development, yep. but it's creative. And that, like, I totally, I, I get what you're saying. It's well, creative. and this is exactly, and this is the thing, like the music and the arts, I think gets a lot of credit for being the creative sphere, right? You talk about your husband, it's like, oh, he's a creative, he does all this. But like, like I'm just as creative. I feel like yeah. you're just as creative. Mm -hmm. It's just a completely different expression. And nothing gives me more joy than to build this thing and to go to a company, right? Who's been struggling with something for two years. It is their baby, right? This, this idea is their child. And they have not been able to get sales the way they want. They've not been able to convert the way they want. And it's so impactful for them to see that light switch go on and they get that promotion, they fix their funnel, they structure their business in a different way. And they look at you and they're just like, like, how, like, how did this happen? You're an right? artist. Right, right. And you and you get that, that fulfillment from someone being like, you have done the best job. I've worked with four marketers. You have done the best job of anyone I've ever seen. Absolutely. Right? And that's the most, like, that's incredible. That's incredible. You're strategically creative and you... Right. The thing is, you're like, you're able to think outside the box too, because yeah. just because something, <laughs> our industry has a long history of saying, well, something and something, this is how you should do it because that's what works. And when you ask when the last time anybody tested anything, yeah, I was like, like oh, well, I didn't test it. I just, yeah. you know, saw that that's what everybody else was doing. Yeah. Well, if it's or not working, test it. Exactly. Or they, they view your, yeah, they view or the other problem is people view your job as a marketer as some sort of like whimsical, like, like, you know, like yeah. we're more engineered, like, like there is a lot of art, but they look at you and they're like, well, what do you do? You sort of put some things together. You're reactive. Like the color. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, you can't, there, there's actually models to the way this thing works, right? There's things that convert and there's things that don't, you know, I can yeah. look at your landing page. I can look at your webinar and be like, this is why you're going to get a serious lift here if you do these things differently. Right. And it's not, and I think it's this perspective that people have of marketing where it's like the product is valuable, but the way you market it, and this is why I'm so big into offer creation actually adds value to the product itself. It's actually a component of value. Right. Mm -hmm. So it actually melds as one with the product as opposed well, think to think about this would any product that was had to go through like the FDA, for example, would it be able to go on the shelves without a proper label describing exactly what's in it? Of course. No. Yeah. So why do you expect to be able to spend 10 times the amount of money? Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? The, one of my Same. favorite, one of my favorite examples is of the candle industry. So in the beginning, the candle industry, they just had the little candles and you'd burn them. They sell them for a dollar or two. And then what they discovered is 
they wanted to triple the amount of money they sold the candle for and become Yankee Candle or whatever. Um, and so what they decided is we're going to put this um, glass around the candle, this jar. So what they found is that the jar cost them fractional amount to actually put together. Mm -hmm. Right. But then when they packaged that all together, the actual value doubled or tripled. And this is the key concept behind marketing. What can you add that's low cost, that describes your product better, that demonstrates the value, lower inputs, right? And now you're worth two or three times more. And 100%. today, it's the same thing. Like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the crackling wicks. Mm -mm. Same exact deal is where they're now upgrading because you have this nice crackling wick. Um, and so- The now, sound? Yes, the sound. What, what does that cost them, that wick, right? Not a lot of money. What's the improved value of the overall product? sometimes 10, 20, 30, 50, hundred percent. People more. want that. Yeah. Exactly. So as marketers, this is what we're, what we're doing. And as you know, creating offers, we're like, what can we add here? How can we demonstrate this product? How can we package this together? That makes actually makes the entire thing up to one, two, three time, you know, five times more value. What do you see as the biggest mistake <laughs> that financial publishers make when they're packaging their offers? I know. To, let there's me so, let me turn the tables here. So many, there's so many mistakes. Um, so the one thing is which we touched on before. They don't they they sell a product. They don't sell an idea. The other one is that they focus on features. Here's these 17 Fair. things I'm going to give you. They don't feature. They don't focus on outcomes. All people care about at the end of the day is an outcome. How's right? it going to help me exactly. change my life? Exactly. A lot of them yeah. do not risk mitigate, so they don't have any sort of like. Guarantee is a little too cliche. You don't need a like mm -hmm. 30, 30 day, you know, guarantee back. What you need to do is understand this concept of how do you reduce risk for a buyer? There's a hundred different ways to do it, but you need to do something. And, and, and half the time they're not doing anything. They're just like, yeah. get in there, buy my product. Like, right? What would an example of that be? So let's say you've got a $1,500 product and you do not want to do uh, money back of any kind, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do refunds. I don't want to deal with that. Uh, so what you do is you can give them six months extra access to whatever products you have if X category doesn't work for them. Um, so you, the first thing is you have to tie a guarantee to a specific pain point. That's the first thing. People do general guarantees. You need to specifically tie a guarantee to a fear. And then you can compensate them with something that costs you basically nothing. For a lot of people, an additional three months, six months, it's, it's marginal, right? It doesn't cost anything. So that would just be one example if you didn't want all the refunds. See, um, there you go. That's any idea like what merchant processors, uh, how they view not having a refund policy or different refund policies or any idea? We'll have to check with someone. I mean, yeah, there's there's different policies. So I think in the UK, for example, it's different than the US. You have to look at the specific jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of it, just comes back to being a good, you know, being a decent person for, for being one. Being a good human. Right. So that, that goes a long way. Um, having, <laughs> no. good, yeah, having a good product goes a long way. Um, you'd have to check for the, the very specific yeah. which merchant provider you're dealing with. But I, I think the core component is you're, you're asking someone to step on a virtual presentation with someone they don't really know who was recommended to them from someone else. And you want them to spend $1,500, two grand, three grand, seven fifty. Reduce their risk somehow, you know, mm -hmm. that that's it. And then here's the thing. One other thing, tip you can add to this, ask them, most, most companies have a customer support department, right? So ask them to write in 
and then we'll manually give you an extended six months or whatever it is. The percentage of people who actually write in again gets lessened, right? Mm -hmm. So what are you dealing with now? In the end, you're dealing with more people signing up, less people asking for refunds and the, the things you do give them, you're not really spending any extra money, right? But then- That's perfect. Right. Or other offers is that what you said, right? Like you were, so essentially what you're saying is like, for example, say it's a new trader, they don't really know the type of investing they want to get into, whatever. And you have a few different types of offers. Yep. Just, let's just say for, you know, whatever, for this example, options and stocks, right? Mm -hmm. yep. Say they have an options offer, they buy that first. What you're saying is, is like, provide them the ability to switch and get six months of this versus refunding. So no, that's, the other that's offer. yeah. So that's an idea you could do. You give them a different product, but you probably want to stick with the same product that you have just because people are buying into that thing. So mm -hmm. you just give them any, a lot of times it'll be a certain fixed amount. If you have some sort of coaching program or inner circle or what, you know, whatever it is that you're doing. So you just give them an extended period of that, of that thing. Okay. Um, so that's, again, there's a hundred ways to do it. That's, that's just one. No, thing. it makes sense. Right. But the bigger idea is everyone wants, this is a human thing, right? Everyone wants, a company came to me a couple of months ago and they're like, Hey, like we have all these issues. We want you to, you know, rebuild our website funnels, all the rest. And I told them what the price was and they were like, mm, we'll think about it. And I was like, okay. I was like, well, how about we do this? I'll help you with a promotion, your first promotion. And if I don't make you at least five figures on this promotion, you don't pay me anything. We went in, crushed the promotion. They have this cash coming in the door. They get an immediate ROI and they're like, this is unbelievable, right? But what, it's the same human principle. They don't know me, right? Mm -hmm. They need some sort of some sort of way. Everyone wants some sort of way to reduce risk, right? Right. And so that's the thing I think that I'm- Risk reduction. Exactly. I'm looking at presentations I'm like, guys, like I, I know you don't want to deal with hassles, but like people, you need to reduce risk somehow. And then the other concept that people don't get is that this is a math equation at the end of the day. Can you get more people in the door to buy the product with the risk reversal than not? It's often people think about it like, well, I don't want to deal with refunds. It's like, that's not the question. Right, right. <laughs> Test it. And that's not the, that's not the question. Yeah. So long answer to that. nothing to do with that. Yeah. I mean, it does. Yeah. You're going to have to give refunds anyway, eventually. Like you, you got to know how to do refunds, chargebacks, all that. Otherwise you're in trouble. Exactly. From the get go. However, the point is exactly it has nothing to do with refunds. It's more about the story you're telling and what you're providing. Right. Right. And what you're providing is like a fail safe. Right. A little bit of a, a risk mitigation, exactly. you know, exactly. strategy for, exactly. for the customer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so there's, it. there's a bunch of other, I mean, I could, you know, I could go on, but was there a bunch what about, of more questions for me? Are you, what, what do you I do. I do. I do. Um, VSL or long form or both? Uh, they all work, right? It's okay. about, if I were to, if I were to, so here's, here's what I, the example I love to give, right? Cause people talk to me about copy all the time. They're like, Paul, like, you know, if we switch this copy or that copy, yeah. do you realize the Nigerian prince wrote <laughs> a bunch of emails to our parents, did not speak a lick of English, put all the words into Google trends. And what was the offer? Uh, if you just give me some money transferred to your bank account, I'll give you more money, right? It all comes down to the single, all like you're just talking about ways to market and traffic and like funnels. They all work. It's, yeah. it comes down to your core offering that you want to go out to the market with, right? If the Nigerian printer doesn't speak English can make 
however much money he's made, I think it's, I think they estimate like in the hundreds of millions of dollars, right? Well, then I'm you, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was the whole thing. I mean, I think everybody has had, that's it too. It's like, it was unbelievable. Like not even a, you can't even believe it. Do I look like I have a Nigerian prince as an uncle? <laughs> and yet, you yep. know, 50 years ago, I probably would have been like, sign me up, baby. <laughs> Give me that 5 million, you know? But people are so like, people are so weird, you know? They're just... So you're saying that it's it's more the, again, the bigger story versus the like. Yeah, it's the, what I say. Chat, you know. Yeah, it's the key offer that you're giving to the marketplace. And I have a. Uh, an article that I've written that defines sort of like the 10 areas of an offer. I can send it to you, Jamie, if you want. Please um, do. But, but send it, it out to, to my list. Yeah, send it out to your list. But it, I mean, it goes through a number of, of things. One of them is the correct niche that you're going after, urgency, scarcity, like outcomes, not features, guaranteed, right? So, you know, when you combine all of these things together, that's at the core of what actually converts, right? Everything else is marketing, traffic, yeah. channels. People are like, well, does YouTube work? Like, should I use YouTube? It's like, yeah, of course. Like it all, like, like affiliates, do they work? You know? And this is why to me, I'm like, everyone wants traffic and mm -hmm. traffic is not, you know, when you have a promotion, like some of the early crypto promotions, do you, do you know anything about those? Anyway. Um, so the early <laughs> the crypto promotions, right? The, 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 uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the the key the key offer was it wasn't even about money. It was like, what if we could live in a world without the middleman? Mm -hmm. Right? What if we could decentralize? Decentralize. That was it. That was the message. Decentralized. There you go. There you go. So that's the that's the core thing. Yeah. Um, and then there's some more technical things like a four hour VSL probably not going to convert. Not a thing. Right. You know. So there's 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 principles. Um, long form, short form you know, it all sort of works. Um, but Can I ask you, you questions like a, like a rapid fire. If, I mean, you yeah. ask all your, is this your podcast? No, and I know we're totally like, you know, way over time. However, I was hoping if I could ask you a few questions that everybody asked me. Yeah, go for it. And if you don't know, you can cut it out. But sure. if you do know, we can use it as clip. Sure, sure. Can we do that? Okay. How many times should you email your internal list a day, including content, including like whatever free e-sign they signed up for, whatever else? Yep. As high of value as you have to offer. So I've seen, and it's not an answer, but like I've seen people email. <laughs> not I've an seen, answer. Yeah. I've seen people email every day, more than once a day, right? And people who email once a week, once a month. Right. So what you need to do is take a look at your own constraints. So how much, how much bandwidth and resources do you have? And then mm -hmm. take a look from other objective people and say, how valuable is this? If I sent you Jamie an email, um, and in that email, if you open that email, I would give you a hundred dollars every day, right? You open, open every it. email. Yeah. You, well, maybe not at your level. I don't know, but I, yeah, so <laughs> no, but like my right? laziness level. Yeah. You're lazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the, but the point is you open those emails all day, every day. Right. Yeah. And you'd open five of them a day. So the principle is how valuable is what you're sending? And the reality for most companies is that what you're sending is generally not that valuable, right? So it's a value over time. Exactly. How so much we, time is going to take them to even open, to look, to read? 
Whatever. Or just like, what is that? Like if you're sending out stuff that's crap, right? right Versus you just value. Pack, exactly. Send actual value. So look at all your content and say, okay, I think the key kernels of value, it's two emails a week. I think it's what it is. And that's mm -hmm. just being honest. Okay, great. Then send two emails a week. That's all you can do. If you're some mega company, you've got tons of resources and you're Gary Vee and you got, you know, cameras following you all over the place. You know how many times he posts every day? Mm -hmm. There you go. Right. He's posting like 27. I'll say this though. There is a point. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the graph of, yeah, I mean, shut up. Yes. That is actually what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. I think where it's like, okay, you have too many emails, saturation. Uh, but I'm talking specifically from one company, from one, whatever, one product, one, you know, one company. The amount of times like that company can email me or email their list versus like when the revenue starts dropping off. And I feel like it's a lot later than what a lot of folks think. Mm -hmm. What I'm, I'm not advocating sin and crap emails. What you're saying is hundred percent, like as far as I know, yep. and from everything I've seen, you have to have value, but there is a ton of value in acquiring even if you can't put the content together yourself, content creators and or marketers or somebody like people who can provide affiliate? value like you. Maybe affiliates. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Whoever that like, because you do need to send a, way more emails to your list than what you think. I mean, yeah. unless you're like some of the Agora companies, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. probably not. But yeah. here's the thing. They send how many emails a day because it works. Yep. Because they've tested it. They know where the drop-off is. They yep. know when they're starting to annoy people and the unsubs go up and their sales and revenue go down. They know that. Yep. My inbox is full of their emails. Yep. The, the difference is they invest in content. So yep. where you're saying value, right? They invest Same in content. They yep. hire a ton of great content developers to put all that together. And yep. that's why they're able to send so many emails. So it's like invest in it if you don't yep. have it because yep. you're probably not emailing your list enough. Yeah, no, you make you make two good points. So the first one is that people can probably email more than they think. That's that's the one thing because people are scared. It's like, oh my, like my list, like I, I don't. They might not want to burn it. Right, right, right. It's they'll, true. They'll get tired, right? So it's partly true, but you're right. People probably could email more, not than less. And then the second point that was good is that what is the point of an email list, <laughs> right? Your your point is, you know, you're not just best friends on your email list. Right. The point mm -hmm. is, this is a financial operation. It's a financial exchange. Um, and so you're giving something, they're paying something and you're both getting value. That's the mm -hmm. idea. And so you need to, you know, start viewing it in that way and not be afraid of it. Um, so and taking off of email too, I feel like developing a community, mm -hmm. especially yep. right now, because the economy is kind of going to shit yep. and people are mm -hmm. going to look for guidance which is why they're even looking at these offers at these trader educators at these financial publishers they're looking for insight because they want to take control and have control of their own financial like destiny right however it's really cool instead of just getting an email once a day to also be invited to a facebook group mm -hmm. to also follow your you know your trader guru uh the you know the guy who is sending all these emails to you or yep. supposedly it's great to see their face it's great to see they have a family and they're in it when you're in it when they don't have a good trade like instead of 
you know, just saying, oh, this was a loss. Say, hey, you know what, guys, here's why I thought this. And yep. sorry, we're all in it together. We are all in this together. Yep. <clears throat> there is insane value there mm -hmm. because people like to feel like they're part of a family, part of a community. We're all, again, like the, we're all in this together. Like, it's okay that I didn't do okay because you also didn't do okay. It's okay. I didn't work out today because Paul, you also didn't work out today. Yeah. And tomorrow we're going to hit it really hard in the morning. Yeah. Shut up. I don't, <laughs> I don't care if you yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm making myself feel better right now. Okay. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> but you see what I mean? Like, that's why like orange Absolutely. theory, if we're even talking about workouts, that's why network marketing companies work. It's not, people don't make money in MLMs. Mm -hmm. They pay to go to those events. They pay for all those offers because it's part of a community. Yeah. Yeah. And as the sooner that, that, I mean, that's one big thing. I think the FinPub and Trader Educator industry. I mean, Tim Sykes does a really great job. John Carter does a good job. He has like, you know, a, a really great following on social media. Tim has a really great following on social media. A lot of these folks just don't. Yeah. And I feel like if they let their subscribers know that they're real, that yeah. they also have family, they also have a mortgage. They also like whatever, you know, like I'm a, I'm a person too. Everybody makes mistakes. Also, you know, I'm giving you the best information that I have. Yep. And, and I want you to succeed and you want me to, to succeed too. And we're in it together. Like that is, that's the name of the game. And I think who can hone in to whoever can hone into that for the next few years during this, you know, down kind of cycle is really going to, you know, come out the other end doing a hell of a lot better than a lot of the other uh, publishers and, and trader yep. educators. Yeah. Not no. that you asked me, but no, 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 no. That's yeah. You, you tell me your opinion, Jamie. Um, hey, no, that's no, I just to take that in a 30 seconds in a little in a think about the same direction, but it's like if you want a financial lift from your company and whatever you're doing right now, multi-channel, just exactly mm -hmm. what you're doing. Um, and then just in a couple other channels, Facebook group, mm -hmm. you're saying, Jamie, like the the lift people get when all they're doing is sending emails and they're doing like affiliate launches, and then they decide to do a little bit of remarketing on Facebook right? Completely different pl platform. People are like, oh my, you know, like this is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Little, one of the most effective ads I've seen from um, a guy I really follow and respect is it's called the thank you ad. And what it does, it takes all the buyers, puts them in a, uh, an audience on Facebook and sends just a founder takes his, you know, iPhone films it. He's like, Hey, like, I know you purchased XYZ product from us. I just want to say like, Thanks so much. Thanks. Like this is incredible. Runs it as a runs it as a remarketing ad. It costs like remarketing ads are so cheap. Mm -hmm. Costs like I mean, like a hundred dollars for the month, and people, all the buyers are just seeing this personal message from the founder, right? So little multi-channel strategies, and that alone, if I bring right. that into a company that's large enough, that's worth five figures right there. Easy, right? yeah, right. So no, I, I have another. Yeah, hit me. Hit one me. more, one more. No, I don't know if get, you've. I don't know going. if you've thought of this. Yeah, I just did a launch. You just made me think of this. I didn't have it, but now I do. Okay. <laughs> you. Uh, uh, so you mentioned retargeting, right? Instead of retargeting, so I just did a huge affiliate launch for a um, crypto docu series uh, for Decentral Publishing. Decentral. Here, okay. you know. There you go. There we go. The idea and the name. Yeah, right. Uh, and they are too smart. It's one of those like better, better lucky than good sometimes. Yep. Better lucky than smart. They yep. added a share component in the funnel. And it was like 
one of, you know, the little widgets, hey, share this and you get like whatever, some weird crypto that wasn't, it's not even a thing. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it is, but it isn't like it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't like it was like a thousand dollars in Bitcoin or anything yeah, like that. Course. Like it was like really like $20 worth of right. some, some crypto. Right, right, right. Nothing. Um, for every, and, and all they had to do was share it. And any of their connections who opted in, who put their email address in, uh, they, they that counted, right? They all got the extra crypto. They all got the extra. So how insane is this? So for every lead that came in that funnel, three leads came in that funnel. So imagine media buying for that. Yep. And it was all organic. And it was a, it was like an afterthought. Let me add this. Just just yep. because why not? Yep. And it happened to be one of the most insane, comp like what? Yeah. Yeah. Three for one. You're buying one lead. You're getting three. Yep. Complete afterthought. And I haven't seen anybody else doing it. And I don't know why, <laughs> like, yeah. why, why are you not doing this? Yeah. Um, but also I feel like it was a docu-series and it was just really good information back to providing value. Right. So provide value people add, add a share component. It's a great tip in there somewhere because you're getting free organic leads and it's insane. Like just it's, it's, it's like having, you know, have another uh, lead magnet there. Yep. Tease them, give them a reason to, but man, it worked. No, that's a great, that's a great tip. Um, and, and guys, it's, it's all again about the math equation, right? So if they're spending $20 in that crypto, but they're getting three or four leads out of it, right? It's yeah. all just an equation in the end. In this case, you're mixing and matching and that value perception getting that crypto right is way, way, way higher. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what you need to do. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and the big tutorial launch, I mean, the, that was in Bitcoin's heyday, they loaded the folks wallets, mm -hmm. right. With like $200 of Bitcoin. So if you bought the offer, yeah. if you bought, if you were actually like a customer, you buy, you get like $200 worth of Bitcoin and it's already set up for you. Cause that was one of the big, you know, points to mitigate, right? Like, like the frustrations is in, you know, folks not being able to figure out their wallet, yep. the Bitcoin wallet. Right. So they right. went ahead and they went completely negated that. Right. Let's just walk you through it. Exactly. Yep. And they built it into the price. Yep. So they added $200 to the price of the product Buy this, you get the wallet, you get $200 of Bitcoin, you get all this and you're part of this awesome club. Like yep. cost them nothing. Right. Right. Exactly. And exactly. it imagine the refunds insanely lower than they, you know, yep. otherwise would have been, right? Exactly. Same well, thing. They, they've got a good reason to not give refunds too, because they're like, we literally put actual cash into your account. I gave you so money. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's I, what it's about. And you have to think outside the box, right? To really, you know, you have absolutely. to get a little unconventional. But so, Paul, I have a, one last question for you. Okay. What are you going to do for Revenue Tree folks? Like what can you do? What, what, what can do I do? Bring? For, what do you what, bring? What can I do for Revenue Tree folks? Yeah. So I think the best way to answer that is what we were saying earlier, right? There's three components. There's one, there's your company and your product you want to grow. So why do you talk to Jamie? You want traffic, right? Traffic's over here. What lands, what stands in the center of that is conversion. How do you get people to actually convert from traffic to buyers of your product. And then not just buyers of your product, but to be in an appropriate value ladder 
what, cause they're, you know, you need to get them in that front end, but that's not where they're going to stop. Right. You need mm -hmm. to, you need to send them up that value ladder. So what I help with is I stand in that gap, right? There's two cliffs on either side and you need somebody to bridge that. And I'm the bridge because I can come in. And if your promotions are failing terribly, I can come in give you a conversion audit and I can say, here's some things you need to do differently. Now go back to Jamie because Jamie is literally the key. Actually, no, let's say I'm the key. Jamie is the door. <laughs> Jamie, if, Jamie. If, wait a second. Do I want to be the key or the door here? I feel like I want to be the key. Yeah, exactly. No, Jamie is the door, right? That sort of like opens to Thanksgiving dinner. Right. You want to get in there. You want to like, you want to eat the turkey, like the mashed potatoes, the gravy. Right. But if you don't have the key. But if you don't have the key, the door remains shut. Right. So yeah. Jamie has access to all this traffic. And here's a little secret. There's a lot of traffic to be had in the world. Okay. An There's insane amount of, of traffic that want your product, but you need the key to open the door. And the key is going to be an actual offer. Right. That's going to convert. And unfortunately, some of the times it might mean you need to tweak your offer. Um, that's if it's completely failing. Then let's say you go to Jamie and the offer's converting okay. Still get a conversion audit and let's see what we can change and tweak and do differently because a half percent change in conversions, huge. a 1% change in conversions, right? Is huge. huge. So yeah. I stand right in the center. And, um, you know, if you guys are, are talking to Jamie and you're like, oh, this is, you know, we see a lot of future here, a lot of potential, but is this as good as we can do, right? Or mm -hmm. things aren't working well, right? Jamie, you've had companies come to you, you run some traffic, right? You spend a few thousand dollars, nothing works. You need some, where do you go from there, right? You need some yeah. sort of solution. Um, trust are the knowledge that we've accumulated over the last 10 years and let us put that work, you know, together for you. I'll say a lot of times, you know, companies, publishers, Trader educators, digital marketers will say, well, you know what? You have a lot of traffic. I have a really great offer. Here you go. It works really well on Facebook. Well, that's really, that's great. Right. Right. Do you have any external, like affiliate traffic that has tested it? No. If not, get a conversion audit yep. and just say, what would you do here? You know, yep. uh, can you like explain highlights, bullet points, what a conversion audit is? Cause I feel like you made that up, but <laughs> you made up the term, but you've also, you know, like, it's it, what you do. It's it, what I do it is what it is, but um, so I do like the label. Yeah. <laughs> I like the label. Now conversion audit, what a conversion audit does is it, it, it goes through between like 10 and like 50 points um, through your entire sales funnel. And each of these points represents an opportunity for if you were to fix it to get a higher, higher conversions. Um, and so we want to go through all 20 to 50 of those, depending on whether you have a webinar, VSL, landing page, whatever it is. And, um, you know, we want to work on each one. Um, I recently gave a conversion audit to a company we've been working with a little bit, Jamie, and you saw that where just line by line, it was like, this headline says this, mm -hmm. it should not say this, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and, and it's like, oh, it's a headline. Headlines can be everything, right? Headlines can be everything. To me, it's like having an entire extra arm of your company. Right, right. Without, it's, you know, yeah. having to hire. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you just need that fresh, fresh perspective because whether you have in house or you have other consultants, we're not, you know, we're not all like, you know, people are going to miss things, you know. Right. So even just getting an outside perspective, and that's all you do. That's what you do, right? What I do. You look at marketing every single day. You you optimize funnels every single day in the yeah. financial industry. So, it, yeah, like it's great to have a CMO. However, right, 
that CMO looks at everything a billion times and yeah. he's going to be and blind to different company. things yeah. yeah, for your company. Like, and you see, you know, across the board, what's working. And when you can see what's working for everybody, it's yeah. a lot easier than to take all your experience, all your knowledge to apply that and just say, Hey, like here are 50 points in which you can optimize your funnel and increase yeah. conversions. And therefore, if you increase conversions, guess what? That's what makes affiliates want to promote your offer even more because they're going to make more money at the end of the day. If exactly. your closing line, if your affiliate program isn't generating at least 20% of your revenue, you're doing something yeah. wrong. Yep. 20%. Yep. Go like, talk to Jamie. Yep. At least. But if you don't have a converting funnel, talk to Paul first. <laughs> No, but this and is, then this, come to me. And then come to Jimmy. No, yeah. but this is the exact this is the exact point, right? Is you know when you're when you're looking to convert at a higher rate, um, you know little changes that that can be all the difference. And so, you know, reach out, you know, figure that out, talk to us. The other big thing is that how many how many companies have you seen and you know what's working, right? So you have not just trends, offers, landing pages. Like you just shared one with us a second ago, which was a little share mm -hmm. widget done in a creative way, right? So guys, this is what you, this is what you can have access to. Right. It doesn't matter who you talk to. Like I'm, I'm not only connected to Jamie, I'm connected to a network. Jamie's no, not only not. connected to me. Well, yes, we are right. Jamie's connected to a network. No. So literally you talk to us and you're, you're not just looking for, okay, affiliate traffic. You're looking for how to improve your offer. We have a mm -hmm. lot of companies that we're exposed to. Right. Mm -hmm. By the Absolutely. way, Jamie, great, great opt-in for you is um, doing a survey of every affiliate um, that, or the knowledge of any affiliate that you have, figuring out what sort of like top converting offer there is, offering that as a uh, as an opt-in. Be really interesting. That's good. Because you're like a. Can you um, write it for me. I can. You're you're like a software. <laughs> you're like a software company, and what they don't realize is they can survey all their users, it's and they the can data. come up. Exactly. And you have access to this data and people want to know that and it's valuable. You know what other data I have with Revenue Tree, I have the uh, attribution platform access so mm -hmm. I can actually see what's working. Yep. The exact conversion data across the yep. board. So yep. um, that's insanely okay. useful for affiliates, right? That's a hundred percent. And if you guys are coming to us and you're like, and you're like, oh, like I need some bigger changes. Not only do you get the models that we're working with, Mm -hmm. You also get, I'm just giving Jamie a call and be like, Hey, like this is there in this industry. They're doing this sort of thing. What are the other types of five companies you work with and what have right. they offered? Right. Yeah. They're like, they use live webinars. What other companies, you know, have live webinars weekly that, you know, are exactly. seeing great conversions. Yeah, Give absolutely. Me a couple copies. Give me a couple copies. It stays confidential, but you get the value. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Paul, you're, you're a, a scholar and a gentleman, sir. <sighs> Thanks, Jamie. Well, I appreciate you for waiting for two weeks for me while I went to the CMAs. Wait, sold my house, went to the CMAs, got the flu. Yeah, yeah. And just canceled. Everything got got in the way. I, I do think you're really? kind of unreliable, but we'll see. We'll see. I'm that. not unreliable at all. I'm I'm I am misreliable. Like that's literally yeah. my middle name. That's we'll misreliable. We'll see. All right. One final yeah. question. We'll wrap the podcast up. Who's somebody on YouTube that you're jealous of and you want to be? <laughs> Who has the nicest butt right now? Let's see. <laughs> Just kidding. Can only be women. Um, I'm going to be Elon Musk. Come on. All right. That's legit. I'm going to be Elon. It's legit. I mean, he has fixed his hair. Yes. He could use a tan. <laughs> you saw? Oh, man. It's he like saw? he's been inside working for like forever. He like, has. And he has. I mean, he has. So shout out to Elon. Also, I want to play 
the first guitar in space. So if you could send me to space so I can okay. put on a show in space, Elon, thanks. Okay. Hashtag send me to space. All right. Well, I'm not that great. <laughs> I'm not great. I didn't say play well. I just want to go to space. No, it's uh, fine. You and Elon would get along. You both don't, ha don't have any friends. That's what it is. <laughs> we're probably both like very I similar. Mean, insanely odd. does not have friends. Like, there's no way he has. He like, can't have friends. No, he's that's like, why he has kids. Yeah, exactly. That's why I have kids because they eventually have. They rely on you. You, yeah. I mean, kind of. You could also get a pet, Paul. If you're not really into kids, you can get a pet. They rely on you too. And they don't talk, but they do. And work. they don't talk. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Jamie Stout, thank you so much for jumping <laughs> on the podcast. Appreciate Paul, it. You're awesome. All right. Take care. Next time, I will not be late. Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> Do it again in a month. Take care, Jamie. <laughs> See you. Thanks. Bye-bye.